Hey, what's going on? This is Austin. I uh, I wanted to kind of preface this uh, episode um, just to kind of let you know that we, uh, it's another build session. This is uh, a good brother, my brother Naeem, who is uh, a Rastafarian, who, again, kind of gives the perspective of dealing with white supremacy from a Rastafarian. Um, in the community among non-white people, particularly black folks, we have many schools of thoughts. And so what I wanted to do, again, is also bring another perspective from the community, speaking from the Rastafarian perspective about white supremacy and what does it mean to be in a system of white supremacy and how to battle it and how to change it and how to eliminate it and create something that we call a system of justice. But as you'll hear, we also call it something that's known as ma'at, the the practice that was used in ancient Egypt or or what we like to call ancient Kemet. So, yeah, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. Um, this is an- another guy who's very personal <laughs> um, and um, very beautiful person, a very beautiful human being who I, I continuously, for the last 20 years, have learned from. So I wanted to share this. And share this aspect of that, uh, uh, not only an aspect of my consciousness, but also an aspect of my of my heart. And um, I do believe that we are a reflection of the people that we hold dear to us. So here on this podcast and on this platform, dealing with the system of white supremacy and being a non-white person, being a victim of white supremacy. These are some of the interactions and people that uh, has helped me deal with it. So, uh, yeah, enjoy. Yes, 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 yes. Brother Naeem. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Brother. Yes. yes. Can you hear me? Man, I can hear you loud and clear, good brother. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got you, brother. Let me go and take you off the Bluetooth speaker. I think that's part of my yeah, problem. Speaker. There we go. You might have to talk through that. Man, we locked in. We ready to rock and roll. Ah, live and direct. That's what's up, brother. Man, hear your sound. Man, thank you so much again. Man. I just wanted to thank you to uh, coming on to the podcast, Single, Obsolete, and Dangerous, a podcast where black folk talk about the things that are on our mind as it relates to racism, white supremacy and white people but don't know how to say and don't know how to say it, don't know how to say it constructively. So I just wanted to again thank you for coming into this space and uh, you know we didn't, we didn't had a long time build for many years a continual build for, for many millennia. You know I, I definitely believe you're someone that I've interacted with for many lifetimes and we, we've been able to cross paths again and continue on this life journey and to set up for the next one. So I just want to again just thank you, good brother and good brother, for uh just coming and building and sharing, sharing something That's for right. the people. You know? 
Absolutely, brother. You know, part of it is what the the iron sharpening iron, man. We don't we don't realize what we what our real potential is until we gotta until we gotta put it to work, you know. So um yeah, man, like any tool, you know, we find something of a common element, then it'll sharpen you up. Iron sharpened iron, concept of iron sharpening iron. So yeah, man, without you and other key brothers and sisters out there in the sphere willing to do the work, then now uh, we never get to even realize our potential. So yeah, mm-hmm. man, much, much good brother for uh you know creating these uh, these platforms and uh charging um those of us that know better to uh to put it out there man you know to to, to bring the issues to the table so that we can um put our minds around it man come up with solutions you know yeah man what they say to whom much is given much is required Indeed. so uh plenty of things working against us um it's just common sense. We need to be putting our heads together to try to come up with solutions to the problems that we're facing, you know? Speaking, speaking, we're going to, uh, many things are working against us <laughs> in this space, man. We, uh, we talk about the system of white supremacy and uh, as it relates to being racism. And so um, I, I've been subscribing to the, to the understanding that racism is white supremacy and that white supremacy is racism because white supremacy is the only functional form in existence that represents racism. And I'm not trying to take away from the fact that there may be some similar behaviors that are exhibited by people who are not white. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying as it relates to being functional and something that is, that is tangible, something that we can put our hands on, that it is a form of white supremacy and that mistreatment or that system I'm calling white supremacy. So in that saying, I ask everybody these first two questions. Are you a non-white person or a white person? Hmm. Am I a non-white person or a white person? Well, common sense would tell me that I'm in the system of white supremacy. I would qualify as non-white. Mm. Yeah, in, in the white supremacist system, I would probably qualify as a non-white person, mm-hmm. even though I have white DNA in me, you mm-hmm. know, which is observation and agreements, you know, between people based on observation. Yeah, folks observe me, they would say, "Yeah, you're non-white." Mm. So yes, your question: in the system of white supremacy. Based on a superficial observation, I will qualify as not as non-white. Okay. And does the system of white supremacy, which is racism, does it exist? Um. Yes, it exists. It exists. It's a uh, pretty dominant. It's a dominant system in the world today. You know, mm-hmm. it is the the thing that transcends religions, you know, and monetary systems. It is mm. the, uh, probably the most pronounced belief amongst human people, you know, there, of the world, this idea of white supremacy. Mm. And the, 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 the piece now is um, to kind of keep it from the perspective or understanding uh, your subscription or your subscription to Rastafari, how has that been within this system or what have you come to learn 
during that journey on that while you've been on that journey or the perspective of that while being in this system or white supremacy? Um, first, I, you know, I have to, in all due respect, just acknowledge mm -hmm. that I don't speak for all Rastas. I don't, I, I, I haven't um, received any kind of formal um, decree or, you know, how, say, a statesman, Rastafari is a is an ancient order. So mm -hmm. I haven't been granted any permission by the keepers of the order, the elders in the order, to speak on behalf of any Rastafarian order. So as, as we continue, and I speak as a Rasta, I just wanted to, you know, put that out there that I'm, I'm, mm -hmm. I don't, shown as much respect as possible to the orders that existed long before my understanding of them, you know, so I don't want to be mistaken as speaking on behalf of any of the orders of Rastafari, the Nyabingi or the Bobo, 12 tribes, you know, I'm just speaking really on, on behalf of myself True. and um, Rastafari revealed to me when I was in my early 20s um, and it put, it basically it filled a big part of the puzzle of the question of who am I and what am I here to do? You mm -hmm. know, and Rastafari's life and the impact of Rastafari's life on the tide of history, you know, revealed to me that uh, he is the current um, day uh, godhead. You know, Fas Ben in the Rocks of Ages speaks about the epics of man, you know, the 2000 some odd year periods that um, account for um, the different ages, you know, on earth and how in the now Valley civilization in our attempt to orient ourselves in space and time, we use the heavens as a guidepost, you know, the symbols in the heavens would manifest the um, religion, you know, the, the godheads, the icons of the religion. So in the age of Pisces, you know, the two fish, um, that those symbols would play themselves out in the rising of the church, you know, rising of the gospel of Christ, you know, and Christ's association with the two fish you know, so, um, yeah, in this time, we see that Rastafari, Haile Selassie, is that Godhead that is our proper orientation to the space and the time that we're in. You know, it is a triumphant and upright orientation for humanity to know where we are at in space and time and not be duped by man-made contraptions that, you know, are designed to manipulate people's orientation with space and time for the gains of, you know, the gains of men. Mm. Rastafari and Haile Selassie, uh, the 225th of the Solomonic lineage in Ethiopia, um, and his life, you know, his example in life, the way in which he... Uh, overcame certain struggles, you know, dealing with white supremacy, you know, the way he uh, stood in the arena 
of the nations, you know, the assemblies of nations in the United Nations and the League of Nations. And, you know, that man stood for the plight of humanity, spoke out against the of the world, even, you know, yeah. There was even uh, so some even some certain bills that uh, Haile Selassie had fulfilled some of the kind of prescribed ideas that the the the, the savior of remanifesting his of a coming again would 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 hold these titles or accomplishments. And I remember building with you over a decade ago about how he just each each one. I remember one time we we were going through each title that he would that he would bear, and then we would go and correspond with the specific accomplishment or title that Haile Selassie wind up bearing in in that fashion and in that name, you know? That's right. That's right. His Majesty don't fulfill all those things, all those prophecies and revelation, all those titles. You know, they say um, Revelation, which one? Revelation 5, uh, who, is, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seven seals? Mm. You know, His Majesty don't loose the seven seals. You know, and for me, again, what it is, is it's just a struggle, man. It's a struggle uh, against this idea that the, our, our existence as an individual is more important or more profound than the collective struggle. Hmm. And you know, for me personally, I think this is where we find a solution to white supremacy. Hmm. Because within white supremacy, it is a struggle. It's individual struggles. Right. You know, it is the idea of removing a, a people out of their collective mind into individual struggles. Mm. You know, if we can remove these people out of that collective mind and get them to struggle. Then we can then tap their energy and we can use energy towards our ends and towards our means and devices. So we say the healing to, for the, the, the counter white supremacy, then we got to we got to exercise acts of kindness. <laughs> You know, we got to exercise acts of generosity within the Nyabingi order, Nyabingi creed, you know, those five, five uh, foundation principles, hungry, be fed, mm. the naked, clothed, the sick, nourished, age, protected, and the infants careful. for all these are acts of kindness, acts of charity. You know, these acts of compassion, they build good karma. Mm. You know, if we, if we, if we build our value system around doing, you know, good unto others, then our blessings flow. We 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 begin to operate outside of that individual struggle. Mm-hmm. You know, we begin to access our collective mind again. We begin to be active in the collective mind again. Mm-hmm. You know, white supremacy is a trick. It's a technique. Take the collective out of their collective mind and get them into the struggle individually. Then what? We can tap their energy. Wow. Maybe batteries for us. So, you know, if we tired of being oppressed, then we got to do kind things for others. You know, well, say that again. If we, if, we tired, if we tired of being oppressed, we gotta do kind things for others. Mm. Kind things for others. You know, we gotta be more um, selfless. You know, mm. Christ embodies compassion and selfless acts. You know, um, the things we do with our life that are for others. Mm. You know, that's what. What is this life if we're not? encouraging or empowering those around us, you know, people we come in contact with. Mm-hmm. We're not leaving some of us with them, something that is going to, you know, assist them in, in their journey through this life. Yeah. That 
what are we doing? We, we, we wasting, wasting time, we're wasting space. Our purpose in this life is to encourage and empower one another, you know? Mm-hmm. And don't take nothing from this place. What, we're, what, we, what we leave are our good deeds, you know, what people recount, you know, the, the inspiration, the practical, applicable techniques that others, you know, employ to, to get through, to navigate through life struggles, mm. you know. White supremacy is a system that, again, it, 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 it removes us from our real power, our collective power, right? And yeah, man, you know, it's like, what do we want in life? Mm. You know, it has, what do we want out of life? Has, 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 uh, has that journey in experience of Rastafari, there have been white people and has that that are participated in subscribe or called themselves who are known as classified as white, but then also call themselves Rastafari. Are they is that is that a conflict for for themselves or does it seem like that's ability that's able to happen or is genuine or is not genuine, even while Babylon is moving? I missed part of that question, brother. Can, I missed the first part of your question. My what question, was, my question is that there have been white people who have participated in the Rastafarian movement and called themselves mm-hmm. Rasta. Has that has that has that been tainted because they are part of the group who are in a position of power? Are they still able to do, or is there a certain level of legitimacy, or well? You know, I would say that His Majesty also represents that um, the spirit to overcome the superficial degrees of separation, you know, and that our real power rests in overcoming these superficial degrees of separation. His Majesty, you know, as far as I can understand, it created a, a, uh, in, in with his authority a... Um, a, a place where freedom of worship, what you would call it as a Rasta. So uh, the, the, the brothers and sisters who choose to practice the faith of Islam, they're welcome. Mm. You know, sisters who choose to practice the faith of, of uh, Hinduism, or, or um, yeah, they're welcome. You know, the Hebrews are welcome. There's no um, degrees of, there's no uh, persecution because you uh, choosing a path to the divine. That's different than, you know, even say the state religion, which is Christianity in Ethiopia. His Majesty created a place where folks, it's what they were what they call sanctuary. This idea of sanctuary is then rooted in Ethiopia because every major religion has, it's, has gained sanctuary in Ethiopia in those critical years, yeah. you know, when the religion was kind of revolutionary, you know, before it really had its numbers to stand on its own. You know, um, every religion was 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 re- received a, a state of sanctuary in Ethiopia. Uh, just to even add, you know, his- just to interject, just I'm sorry, mm-hmm. just to interject that piece that even in Islam, when they go and they call for jihad, even it expressed not to even be called in Ethiopia for it not to. Why, be- why is that? Why is that? Even why in the tenets, I- even if people when they study Islam, you'll see when they can call jihad, it specifically says. It, Anywhere on this earth except Ethiopia. <laughs> right. It's because Ethiopia. It's because Ethiopia is where the Prophet Muhammad mm. was receiving 
received sanctuary. When he was being persecuted by his own people, he received sanctuary in Ethiopia. The emperor of Ethiopia saw within his teachings that there was a, it was an ancient truth in it, mm. you know? And yeah, man, so Prophet Muhammad made some degree, and I'm not a Muslim scholar by any means, you know, but yeah, that's tied to it. Tied to, uh, um, the sanctuary received from the emperor of Ethiopia in the time of Prophet Muhammad is directly connected to the reason why jihad is not exercised against Ethiopia. Mm. It's a Christian nation surrounded by Muslim states. Yep. You know? That's right. Yeah, so they're tied to this idea, again, of doing unto others, man. It's the golden rule. You think about it, man. It, it, it's right there in the writing and in the words. Mm. The golden rule is what? Doing unto others as you would have others do unto you. If we operate by the golden rule, we are in essence in alignment with Ma'at. Mm. You know, all these positive or these negative confessions, and most of them are how we interact and how we deal with other people. Now, there's going to be people listening. They're going to be like, Ma'at, I don't even know what that is. I never even heard. I, I, I'm pretty sure you're the first one that has brought up Ma'at in the series so far. So if you can just give like a little understanding or some some build about what does Ma'at mean or what is Ma'at or, you know. So, the um this book is called the the book of the dead mm. or the book coming forth by day and by night mm. right mm. ancient comedic teachings um well it, when, we, when we speak about Kemet, we're talking about the Nile valley civilization mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. civilization um is ancient and it's held together by rules and orders and law and the most ancient orders laws and rules moral eth moral and ethical laws is maat Ma'at is the, the is the forty two negative confessions all that they say the feather of Ma'at is what our our heart is. Indeed, so the Ma'at it was the feather that was weighed against our heart. Continue. So yeah, so Ma'at is the feathers weighed against the heart. It's morality. It's it's us um, again um, the. What we do with our life and how it relates to others, you know, when we when we when we leave here, you know, where our, our souls measured, where we we face our ancestors, we face a judgment, and it's gonna we're gonna have to answer for what we did, you know. So ma'at are those principles that if we live by ma'at, those forty, if we can, we are in alignment with those uh, positive affirmations. Mm -hmm. Then you know we're we're living a life that's not self-serving. Mm. It's 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 a life that is um, geared toward the 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 highest good of the of the the group. Mm. You hear what I'm saying? And ultimately, that's what this is, man. It's a it's a spiritual Gideon. It's a spiritual warfare of good over mm. evil, and and of love over hate, and of righteousness over wickedness. You know, of in the of the you know the plight of the of the collective. Being more important than the than the the, the, the plight of the yeah man the, the 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 desires of the of the individual we when we begin to operate in a place where again our our real priorities are to are the group the, then we'll find ourselves not wrestling with white supremacy mm. you know we'll find ourselves in a line with the ones the ancient of days you know the ancient 
seers and the ancient monks that understood this and and, and um, elevated in the in the in the realization. This this, this and again, I'm by no means no kind of master, brother. I'm a humble student, just observing and trying to figure it out myself. But mm. yeah, man, that's really the root of it. My, we live and, our life, and that that subtlety of that subtlety, that subtlety of being able or coming to the realization to practice something that has been ingrained in us, taught in us from our environment by the system that we are living in. Mm. The ability to counter it. And because I think what winds up happening, and there's been some conversations where we must meet might with might or force with force, which will only Mm. create the current condition that is created. And there's a lot of times Mm. when even when I come and ask, I said, and they'll be like, all right, Austin, as vast and as strong as white supremacy, how do we end it? And I always suggest, man, practicing a system of justice, which ultimately mm. means ma'at, really applying right. Right. the tenets of ma'at or practicing justice. Mm. Because justice is right. something, justice is something that can only be manifested between human beings. So like the koi mm. or, or, or the dog or the, uh, or the, uh, the horse, they cannot produce justice or a horse. They, they, hmm. That's something. Justice is something that can only be manifested among human beings. And it can only be manifested between the interaction of human beings and finding balance hmm. between the human experience and human. That is justice. And because of that, it'll counter the exact actions that we're doing right now, which is the opposite of justice, which is supremacy, white supremacy or a system of mistreatment and subjugation of people who are not classified as white or who are not part of the 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 instituted power structure who are in power and because of the experience that we're having changing our our attitude or changing our experience will help create that and you know and you know for, for me you know I'm a young you know brother I Kahuti man I'm, I'm I'm all about war and fighting and martial training things of that nature so I'm, so I, I have a, a disposition to be like, no, man, I want to fight fire with fire. And I, I want to fight, you know what I mean? The police are going to come and, and, and shoot us, you know, while we're walking down the street or shoot our, our a 12-year-old boy who's playing in the park with a toy, you know, with a toy, with a toy gun and shoot them. Now, I, we need to have our own police and our own police and we need to have our own guns. And we, you know what I'm saying? But then uh, the subtlety in, in being in, in our emotions and being in our feelings will have us turn around and reinforce that very same system we have our problem and not and not, and not know it and literally sit and literally sit here and say you know what we need to kill more people who look like us before we really get down you know there's been conversations where the people have suggested that we literally kill people who are, who are experiencing the same issue and the same struggle but because they're looking not to overcome it you right. know what I mean? Or, or not adequately deal with conversation. Yes. So pretty much that we are thinking about trying to do the same thing, man. Like it, it warrants to kill people when it, it's, it's us and our suffering and being killed is what we're trying to go up against. Go ahead. Bro. Right. 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 But um, again, um, I say, you know, the system of white supremacy, what is it, what, what was it put in place? What did it disrupt? Mm. You know, what was there before white supremacy? 
what was there before white supremacy was a collective mind. You know, it was a society where the individual was not the was not the prime awareness. Hmm. You know, that individual um, awareness was not the prime awareness. The primary awareness was a collective awareness. This collective agreement that I am because we are. You hmm. know, so I, I I just I don't really think that the answer to white supremacy is like you say um, guns and war. I, I kind of subscribe to the idea that um, the answer to white supremacy is, you know, be more caring. Don't, 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 don't take a side. You know what I'm saying? Don't stand on, look, if you don't want to go to war, then stop standing on one side or the other. Mm. You know what I mean? If you don't want to go to war, why you take a side? So I say the answer to white supremacy is stop taking sides. You know, when mm. people are trying to convince you that you're different, be more convincing that that you're the same, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, your intellect, intellect to, to bring the commonalities to the surface of the engagement, you know, mm-hmm. that's where mm-hmm. I say, like, I mean, white supremacy is a struggle. It is real, you know, and it's like almost like a, a, a spoiled child that's now grown and on the loose for the last mm-hmm. thousand years, you know, and I say that um, it's still our child, you know, still my brother, that's still my sister out there doing these evils in the world. And I like the way his majesty did it, you know? If it's something that I don't like in the world, instead of talking about it, I'm going to try to be the example of what I feel will help fix this place. And what I find is that, you know, the more I, you know, just try to help somebody out just because I can, it's the right mm-hmm. thing to do. It keeps my blessings flowing. It just so happened, like, right in time, you know, many times I've been down and out where it seems like I don't have a wing and a prayer. Some, some grace, some, just some grace made, you know? Mm-hmm. So I say, man, it's all tied into what we're doing for one another. That's what it says. Mm-hmm. You know, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. All right, well, yeah, I am my brother's keeper, you know? Yeah, there was, man. There was, an experience, there was an experience that you spoke about one time when we were building uh, recently about how that the mistreatment will will come actually not so much by someone who is classified as white, but more so by somebody who is not classified as white that look just like you and I. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, the, the reality is that, man, we, the system of white supremacy rewards um, everybody who carries out the rules of white supremacy. Wow. You know? So even though... White or not. That's right. right. So... Even though, say, let's say white supremacy is geared against black people, you know, it subjugates black people and, and, and anybody that's not white, um, we'll find that if the system is so thorough, it'll, you'll find black people and other non-white people are the best executors of the white supremacist uh, um, philosophy. Wow. The same people that are seemingly the victims of it are the most thorough at um, administering the system. You know? So it tells us that it's not, it's not a system of flesh and blood, brethren. It's not, it's not white and black. It's a system of haves and have nots. It's a system of manipulation. And it's a system to separate people from their real power. The real power. We are spiritual beings. We're not flesh and blood 
sacks of meat. That's not the, 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 the essence of who we are, a bag of meat. You know, we are spiritual beings. After we leave this bag of meat, you know, we, we, we have a judgment. You know, that tells us that there's a part of us that is not limited to this flesh. Mm. Right? So white supremacy it seems to me like it'd be a system that is creating a disconnect. People, you got me, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, yes. No problem. It's gonna go in, but that's it's quitting our segment. Yeah, it's all uh, good. Well, yeah, man. People's real power. People's real power going into all of these. You know, like you say, all this uh, synthetic reality. You know, so instead of really experiencing the Most High directly, it's like we. You know, we, we tend to the land, we till the land, we get all, we, we go through all the process of getting the land ready, we sow the, we sow the crop, we sell it, and then we buy it back. You know what I mean? Instead of just, <laughs> instead of what, just on the ground and then eating our own crop. We put it through this whole process of, uh, you know, selling it off and then buying it back as a, as a processed food that no longer has nutritional value or spiritual value. You know, yeah, man. So we we say that um, we're spirit beings first. You know, we're spirit first. You know, we're spirit first. The flesh is just a byproduct of the spirit. The flesh exists because the spirit is in it. You know what I mean? And so that being the case, if we operate from a place of the good things that we do live beyond, live beyond the flesh, you know, and they transcend space and time. And we can change one good deed at a time. We are changing one good deed at a time. You know, every time somebody does something that is racist to us and we don't react to it, that's one good deed at a time. Wow. You know? Um, somebody, that one somebody, more time, once someone does a deed of racist or racism and you respond... Every time somebody, every time somebody carries out an, a racist act or a deed and we don't react to it, that's a good deed. You know, wow. we, we're at, chipping away at the spell. You know, we're dissolving the spell. That's what white supremacy is. It's a spell on all of humanity. The spell mm. is that there is lack, you know, that somehow or another we're going to run out of something. Mm. You know, there's enough for everyone. There's plenty. You know, there's no lack. What it is, is there's lust. You know, lust creates this illusion of lack. <laughs> mm. What more than what we can even put in our body? We call it what they call that. You know, we want, we want more than what you can even really hold in, a, in any one moment, you know? Yeah. Create the thing, this idea of lack. There ain't no lack, there's abundance. You know, so when we subscribe to lack, then we also sign up for all the tactics, you know, to, to exploit the land, exploit the people, man. So what we're saying is, look, instead of lack, um, do a good you know, do it. Let that be the the, the the motivation and everything. Why are we so just yeah? Mm. You know, uh, system. One of the one of the big oh, my art, yeah, following my art. You know, just to uh, kind of keep current. Also, since we since we having that prevailing talk or Rasta talk, uh, you know, Black Panther is like a big thing now, right? And the idea and the concept of a Wakanda. Hmm. And, and and one of the, one of the prevailing mm. notions about Wakanda that is that is part of it, it, its mm. fantastical presentation is that it has never been colonialized by white European, right? 
Hmm. And then I, I was I was hmm. in the building. Mm-hmm. Someone was talking about man. Imagine that that would have happened. I said, no, 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 no. Is a country hmm. in hmm. Africa that has never been colonized, colonialized hmm. by white Europeans. They're like, hmm. what? And I was like, yes, man, Ethiopia. Ethiopia is the hmm. only African nation that has never been colonized by any European nation. Hmm. Hmm. Yes, I. Ethiopia is more than that, man. It's like, yeah, Ethiopia is a is a land of the gods, man. They call it happy mm-hmm. in the comedic traditions. That's what they say that their their progenitors came from Ethiopia. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, man. It's a, it's a reached yet, man. I haven't been there, but I can. I, I feel them vibrations continents away. You know, I feel the uh, the hope for humanity running through Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I feel that the, the, just like it has before, you know, because this is like just one of many epics, you know, we are just a drop in the grain, in, in the drop of sand in the, in the, in the, you know, hourglass of time, it's just one grain of sand, mm-hmm. you know, so all these things that we're wrestling with now, this ain't nothing new. <laughs> this ain't nothing new. We've had these, we've had to deal with certain struggles, you know, humanity before. Yeah. Um, Ethiopia has been that constant reminder that that again that place of uh, uh, sanctuary, mm. you know. Mm. Um, just being more loving, man. That's what the root of Rastafari is saying. One love, you know, we operating from a place of love. Then again, so many of the things that we wrestle with kind of start to disappear, you know. And uh, even more so, our reality changes. We start to build a reality that is magnetic in its nature and not repelling, you know. We, 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 we will then begin to um, um, be a source of folks coming together to 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 find solution versus you know button heads and seeing who can shout the loudest about differences mm. you know yeah man the root of rastafari ain't based on no race and no and no uh you know differences in shades of skin mm-hmm. the root of rastafari is that our greatest potential rests within us finding what we have in common and working you know putting our our, our blood sweat and tears together on our commonalities you know, and then within that, like you say, the, you know, the idea of, um, yeah, you know, the, the, the individual struggle, the individual for the, the need for the individual to struggle disappears. You know, there's enough for everyone, man. We just be civil and, um, you know, treat our brothers and our sisters how we want them to treat us. Then um we making the we making the world a better place you know one action at a time one good deed at a time. The uh, 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 as vast as uh, <laughs> or as difficult and I always express even even the more you kind of dig at pieces or or try to understand the system of white supremacy that um it, it starts becoming a a self reflection upon self outside external people and things because ask That's yourself. Right. Can you really do something? And the only thing that you could come up with well, what I can do for me and myself. And so it's very hard to 
to to and I think a lot of a lot of non-white people, particularly black folk, we kind of have a hard time kind of de- detaching ourselves from our emotions, but being able to mm-hmm. exemplify the ultimate emotion, right? And so, mm-hmm. so one thing I'm always constantly mm-hmm. expressing is do not be in your feelings, like get rid of your emotions. But I am also saying mm-hmm. get rid of the emotions and your feelings so that you can lock in the initial first great emotion. Right. 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 I I would say that I don't think we're supposed to necessarily get rid of our feelings or our emotions, but I don't think we base our decisions on what we feel Mm -hmm. and what we emote Mm -hmm. because our feelings and emotions are just like the tide. They change, you know, they're, they, they change a lot, Mm -hmm. you know, we shouldn't base our decisions on our, our just feelings alone. That's the root of it. Emotion is what we feel, our relationship with our environment. Right, and because our emotions change. Hey, baby girls, you had a good time. Yeah, so that's all I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think the emotions should be just um dashed away, but in the same way, they they can't take over. They they can't be the basis of our of our of um of our decisions. You know what I'm saying? They should be a, a factor that we consider. You know, as we approach some of these things that we are challenging, moving from a place of emotion we're not going to really be having any impact on whatever it is that we're trying to overcome. Right. No? Yeah. Big, uh, I don't, I don't one think of, we... one of the big, one of the big questions, <laughs> uh, we're going to slide into this, slide into this next build. Uh, one question I ask all the time, especially whether you're uh, white or, or non-white, um, is it appropriate for a non-white person to engage in sexual activity and or sexual play with a white person while the system of white supremacy is in existence. Sorry, I, my, my family just came through. No problem. No problem. Uh, no problem. Question is, is it appropriate for a non-white person to engage in sexual activity with a white person while the system of white supremacy is in existence. And I ask this question because one of the strongest and greatest forces of human interaction that we have is sex. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have kind of a logical and, and critical a look at what's going on, the ability to control this interaction for the benefit of support. <laughs> Right, so we're gonna seg- segue right into the to, right into right, the question. Question, question, okay. right, question okay. at hand. Uh, All right. What is your pers- uh, or is it appropriate, from your observation, that non-white people, particularly black folk, but non-white people engage in sexual activity, while the system of white supremacy is in existence with white people? Um. Again, I I I, I kind of just. Um, I would say like this, man. I don't. I w- I don't want nobody else to necessarily have a right or a say on what I do with my body parts, you know, per se. Even though mm-hmm. I prefer my preferences, you know, my African sister, based on all my cultural experience, I need me a a, a sister with that awareness, you know, awareness of this struggle. Um. Just because it comes up in my personality in peculiar ways, and it's, you know, without that perspective, it it would definitely 
be problems in a relationship. So me personally, being a responsible adult, um, I've chosen my partner of a specific ethnicity, you know, to help me to um, be the best person I can be, you know. But again, mm-hmm. in that choosing, the key thing is that I don't, I wouldn't wish that nobody else could have a say in who I would be with and when I would be with them. So in that, in that very spirit, I say, I don't really feel like I have a right to tell somebody else what they can be doing or should be doing with their body, irregardless of the time that we, that we in. So if a man is of one race or, or another and he fall in love with a woman that's of another race and the times say that, well, because of this struggle, we shouldn't be together. And, should, and, and would I be in a position or would I be one that want to hold a tradition that says, yeah, um, based on these circumstances, which I feel ain't real, y'all shouldn't be together? No, nah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, yeah, I wouldn't necessarily promote that kind of a worldview. My worldview would be more of a, um, yeah, that this is a, a war, a spiritual warfare, which means it okay. transcends the flesh. So that means mm. that the color of our skin is just a facade. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That's just a superficial uh, shroud. And that the essence of a person is, is, is their spirit. And that, you know, the spirit of a person is not limited to their flesh. You know, I, I can't sit here and try to say that white people don't have a spirit. You know, some of my nearest and dearest friends are white. So, you know, I, I can't sit here and try to make a rational, um, you know, judgment to say that because you're colored <laughs> skin, you should or should not be engaged in a certain kind of relationship with uh, people of certain you know, even though it's my preference to, again, just kind of stick with my own homogeneic group. I'm not opposed to um, folks who choose to. Okay. I'm not saying who choose to, but who their feelings and they whatever, connect them with folks of a, of a different race. You no, know, no. again, and that's like speaking more so to this idea that, again, man, it's not a it's not a a, um, a physical war we're fighting. It's a spiritual war. You know, it's not a flesh and blood order that we're dealing with. It's a spiritual war we're fighting to, to free up with brethren and sisters. And so the color of a man's skin, the color of a woman's skin, what they choose to do when they fall in love, they, that, to me, that's like, a, you know, that, that's going to have a, a um, <sighs> you know what I'm saying, man? I understand what you're saying. And the, and the thing that I'm, I'm asking to, to, to follow up is that speaking of Ma'at and the tenets of Ma'at, Right. And specifically, there were tenets that were reflective of actual behaviors that were done in respect of that you that you did not do. So they were known as negative confessions because you would speak. I have not done. So speaking pretty much and you're speaking this at the end of your life. So you're speaking about the action that you did. And so I have not done this. I have not done that. I have not done this. Now, there are tenets that are reflective within the condition or the context that will be reflective of behaviors that I have not done. Now, in the, from the perspective that I'm speaking from, I, you're absolutely right. And even me asking, but me coming there or even saying this, I am not trying to monitor people's bedroom activity. That's not what I'm trying to do. But what I am asking mm-hmm. is that I know there is a certain amount of confusion. And I do know that people who are not classified or white are completely confused. I'm confused. And I know part of that maintaining of confusion 
has been the ability to interact and control. Go ahead. Confused about what? Confused about the system that we're in. Confused about how we were in a collective and now we're on the individual. Right? Mm. So because of that, Mm -hmm. that confusion, I know Mm. what helps maintain that confusion has been the sexual interaction that we've had. Now, now the piece, the piece about the white people, when I'm speaking about white people, and I call white people, I am not referring to the color of their skin. I know that the system of white supremacy, to be classified as white, has nothing to do with your skin. It has a complete... So what I was saying is that being white has nothing to do with your skin skin or blonde mm. hair blue eyes mm. mm-hmm. but being classified as mm-hmm. white has everything to do with a very particular set of qualifications mm. because our mm. people in this world under the system of white supremacy are classified as white and they are darker than you and I mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because of that because of that in the representation of power in the position of power we do have tenets of understanding that is inappropriate as it relates to sexual activity because we understand that the context of which sexual activity or interaction happens happens within the context of the environment that we're in so we're not having sex in in a vacuum of space somewhere off the planet right so that's why i like it that's why i like in the understanding to kind of ask you know between the teacher and the student right in the context of, of of a school environment they're both human beings, even in a university. I'm, yeah. I'm a university. Uh, I teach at a university. And I have, I have students that are older than me. Mm. Now, it's mm-hmm. not appropriate for me to have a sexual interaction with my students, even if, if, even if I have a student that is older than me, a female, and, and we're both consensual adults, well beyond the age of, of consensual, well beyond the uh, maturity of understanding to consent to have sexual interaction. But because of the environment that we do have our main interaction in, I'm in a position, I'm in a position of, mm-hmm. of authority, I'm in a position of power. She's subject to that as me being, the, that's why it's completely inappropriate. And we all, mm. in, in this system, mm. we already understand. That's why it's, a, it's inappropriate for a prison guard to have sex with a prisoner. That's why it's inappropriate for your boss to have sex with, with an employee or a general to have sex with mm-hmm. soldiers because of the power dynamic between these two people. In- mm-hmm. And so I'm asking if the power dynamic between white people and non-white people is reflective of a, of a, of a power where, where, where non-white people are subject to that, how is it not that we all other relationships of power dynamics inappropriate, but we do not see that when it comes to white and non-white people. Would you say? Uh, I would just um, not really even saying much, man. Just kind of just listening to you know, make, listening to your point, and you know, so it, and you know, not necessarily. Yeah, and and this, yeah. this is the other piece. I'm not saying for white people and non-white people not to have sexual interaction or sexual sex together. I'm saying that let us get rid of this system or get rid of the content which makes it inappropriate and then and mm-hmm. focusing on then once we're able to do that, we and then we can that 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 the most strongest interaction of sex can happen without it constantly us being taken advantage of. 
Because mm-hmm. my, my, my so, question is, are we being taken advantage of when it happened while racism is in existence? Even though maybe consensual, even though there's real love, and I, and yes, there is real love, and and and, and I, I want to share with this white person, but are we still being taken advantage of? Well, I mean, again, so this idea, are we being taken advantage? Some people put themselves in positions to be taken advantage of. And if that's the case, then who am I to then scrutinize it one way or another? I mean, like we say, to each their own. <laughs> if that's what you get your that's what you get your frills off of getting taken advantage of, it's not for me to judge it. <laughs> but I mean, like I say, from a from a platform of trying to say that it's appropriate or inappropriate, I just I, what I would say is that whoever is engaged in the sexual act it is a sacred act mm. and um the more that we challenge the ideas around this sacred act that are in a society uh that dominate by white supremacist ideas mm. you know, we gotta we gotta really think about the whole that whole uh aspect of life because i mean that is life without without sex there is no life right Mm. So sex is directly connected to the life process. And we think about the ideas surrounding sex, the taboos, the, the fact that the frequency that the word sex carries in a white supremacist society, you know, it's our life force energy. That is our um, manifest. Mm. You know, if we're not using it to create life, then it, it um, when I say when we're not using it to create life, if we're not, we're not releasing it out of our body in the act of procreation, then it body, and it is a very you know uh, very uh, how can I put it? You know, you know, of our life force is profound. It's profound. It is our connection to the Creator. You're absolutely. You know, you know that's what from our body. Right. You know what's funny? I remember um, as I was coming to this build. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. Okay. When I was coming to this build, there was something that was very real, just following the logic. Because one of the most constructive interactions that you can have with another human being is creating a life. So mm-hmm. so the mechanism upon which the most constructive thing you can share with another human being is creating a life is sex. Uh-huh. So, 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 uh, so, uh, so, can you, can, so, in the so system, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, um, we are what we're born in God's image, right? Okay. We're created in God's image. So we're like God's children, you know, going through this metamorphosis of becoming God's. Right. So if we follow that line of thought, then we say, then the act that we came here, what is a divine act? Sexuality is a divine act. Mm-hmm. So then what does a white supremacist system do? to the divine act it has to desecrate it mm. if you want to take these divine beings and make them to where you can manipulate the divine power for your own ends mm. that means you have to take whatever is sacred and make it um sacrilege you know mm. so in society when you speak of sex i mean i know me even personally i'm when you speak of sex it's kind of like oh you don't talk about that out loud you know it's just <laughs> just it's just part of society it's kind of has this taboo where it's just uh, you know, even though we know it goes on, you're just not supposed to just speak about it openly in, at the at the grocery store. <laughs> even though every tabloid is talking about it, you know, just a, a taboo associated with it. And what I say, or what I think, is that um, 
You know, it is one of the divinest of acts, but it depends on how we view and how we approach mm-hmm. ourselves and the people who we engage in this act with. Mm-hmm. So if we, are, if we view the people that we're engaging in this, this act, this sexual act as divine, then the act takes on a different nature than just, you know, some, some you know, mm-hmm. something for pleasure. Right. Yeah, man, it's a vehicle to reconnect with the creator, you know, to, to, to remember our purpose for being sent here in the first place, mm. you know? Problem in Babylon is, in this white supremacist society, that um, it's been turned upside down, it's, it's seen as taboo, and folks use it to control one another. Mm. You know, it's a powerful act, it is. you know, and it's one of the easiest way to execute control over somebody else. Wow. Everybody can feel it. That's one thing. And that is happening. I mean, you, ain't gotta be you, you don't have to be enlightened to feel the power of sex. All you got to do is have an organ and you can feel the, 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 the power in sex. Right. right. So the act of sex is then, you know, project just like you think about it. Stereotypes projected about black people become real because people fear it so much. That their fears create the, the 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 you know scenarios that set up the reality for okay yeah this black man hit me upside the head you were so afraid of it happening before you know what I mean so just the the propagation of an image will create something that doesn't exist and, and, and make it exist could so this idea of sex being something that's so taboo something so negative I mean it it, it has respect power in the act right but okay. if, when it's on as an as a divine act right it's when we you know um begin to um uh, reaffirm the divinity of woman that uh, that god is a woman right when we begin to proclaim that you know these to the ideas uh that are institutionalized in, in, in you know in white supremacy then Again, the, 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 the reason we pursue sex changes, uh, our relationships when we are engaged in sex changes, you know? Um, yeah. I say that, again, that sex is probably the profound experience in life because it creates life. Like you say, it's the one thing that we can mm. prove that we were here. You leave something behind and you can prove you was here, right? That's the whole right. concept of what genealogy, you left something yeah. behind. It's still speaking about you. So yeah, the act of sex is divine. It's connected purpose in, in being. Yeah. You know? And that's um, why that's why so, I even asked, that's why even it's a pertinent question. And on a maybe on a peripheral surface level, it seems very kind of uh, uh anecdotal, but no, it is very powerful. And because I'm looking at it from a perspective of being a victim of white supremacy, how how do we find ways to reclaim or create some harmony or create ma'at during this, with this? How can we do that? And it has been, as you're saying, it has been, it has been, it has been, uh, um, the word I'm looking for, it's been bastardized. It's been taken over, man. It's been turned, it's been turned something, ne- you know what I mean? Cause, and it's happening. And, and, and then this is the other piece. There are many non-white people, particularly black folk, who for some reason cannot see past <laughs> the inherent things that are happening because they are lost in the lust. Like you're saying, they lost, <laughs> they lost in the act of the sexual activity. You know, and then at, when the basic understanding is, hold on, do you see <laughs> the condition in the context which this is happening? I'm not saying to <laughs> stop, 
But what I am saying ultimately is that we can use that focus and that energy. I remember I made a post and I said, if all the white people who are attended on having sex and sexual interaction with black folk would, would, would focus on getting rid of racism before they did it, it would be over. It would be done overnight. <laughs> if the white people, not even, not even the uh, white people who are in Yo. Yeah, so uh pretty much <laughs> expressing the energy that, that that's put forward to 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 have a sexual experience with black folk if it just if it was just put together, if they galvanized and put it towards ending white supremacy, man, it would be over that night. It would be by the morning well, time would be good. It it'd be good. <laughs> They're like, listen, we took we didn't took care of it last night now. <laughs> Like, we could attach the revolution to love making it'd be one overnight, right? <laughs> Man, <it'd> be... <laughs> well, that's the irony, and that's the irony of it. I mean, but it's just, it's that's just that simple, man. You know, I mean, because again, it's not gonna be, you know, it's not gonna be weapons that we can conjure against this machine. You know, it's just wow. acts of love, it's kind deeds, man. It's the act of kindness in the face of adversity. You know, that's how we chip away at the spell at one act at a time, man. I'm trying to tell you, brother, that is our ticket to salvation. You know, that dispels the myth. You know, one kind deed, one act of compassion. And then changing the changing our views about our sexuality, man, I think it's important. I think everybody should abstain for a time. You know, just to experience your own life or in your body, to develop the discipline over the urges. You know, when we develop discipline over the urges, then those urges can't control us. When we're not being controlled by urges, our mind will operate on higher planes. You know, as long as we're so you're st- saying, so you're saying abstention, you're saying abstention of sex, irregard, irrespective of irrespective of, of, of the condition or the context of white supremacy itself, mm-hmm. res- restraining and having a certain sense of of of, uh, of piety, right, is is also good as well. Sure, because you know what it does. It, 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 it look cerebral spinal fluid. That is what a man releases during the sexual act, right? If you're not, Peak, man, that, that's brain fluid. Peak. That's that's nervous system fluid. That is how we interact with our physical world. We don't release it; mm. it accumulates in our body. It heightens our awareness and our sensation, and our uh, uh, you know our thinking abilities. So I say, as soon as we begin to develop sexual discipline then we will be able to think our way through the problems that we face every day. Right now, we can't solve our problems because our thinking is so low. We got such a subtle, a low state of mind. You know, we're tripping over our own feet, literally. Mm. So I say a part mm. of our salvation is rest in that, that, that sexual discipline, man. We exercise sexual discipline. We're no longer slaves to urges. You know, we can ex- we can express control over the things that are used so much in society to control the masses. You know, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't be tempted sexually, then you can move to Babylon and you you be able to extract a lot of wisdom and a lot of jewels in Babylon. But if you can't control yourself sexually, when you get into Babylon, you're going to be consumed by Babylon. You know, this is the concept mm. of passing through the fire and coming out clean. You know, if you if once we can, you know, exercise some level of sexual discipline, then we have power over our urges. When we have power over our urges, then a lot of the conflicts that we face begin to dissipate. You know, 
And then the nature of our relationships change. We don't, you know, the, the people we keep around, you know, not even so much keep around, but the people that we will be naturally attracted to will change. If we're if we're you know unconsciously controlled by urges, sexual urges, then we're gonna keep a sphere of people around us that probably have those same unconscious patterns. You know, and it's probably not gonna be real conducive to coming up with solutions to the bigger problems that we that we have facing us, you know? So yeah, I definitely feel that sexual discipline is a big part of the salvation black people are seeking, you know. It, look, you think about the media, they're constantly bombarding us with what? Sexual images. Why is this? It's got to have something to do with the control. If we control our own sexual urges, then we're probably going to start having power again, real power. You know, our mind is probably going to start to operate on levels where instead of us fighting and groveling over the petty stuff, we'll start to, you know, put our heads together and solve real problems. You know? Yeah, man. I think it's definitely tied to the Asaurian resurrection. You know, yeah, man. Man, brother, I'm glad you you connecting it. That's what that name. That's why that's my name. <laughs> discipline, brethren. Sexual discipline is going to be key to our salvation. It's going to be key to us overcoming white supremacy. That's the one way they control. Wow. You control remotely through your urges, brethren. So if you ain't if you if you can't be controlled through your urges, then now you got a you know you got a different kind of piece you playing with on the board of chess. You know. Hmm. Remote control. It means it has free will. It can choose how it moves. You're gonna create another queen on the board. You know. You ever wonder why they call her the queen? She she got all the moves. You know. She can make every <laughs> right. Yeah, man. She the most powerful. Right. Piece on, she the most powerful piece on the board. You know. Hmm. Yeah. That's not that's not my chance. Uh huh. What's up, baby girl? Can you get the tablet? Uh, I guess you can get the tablet, Candace. Can you feed the fish? Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be warm enough, long enough. We're not supposed to feed them when, you know, when it's cold. Maybe just a little bit, Haley. Just a little, little, little bit. Not a whole lot. You see where the food is at? Get the food. You know where it's at in the closet? Yes, I am. Daughters of Zion, you know? Yes. What, a, what a glory yes, to be home. Daughters of Zion, Jano. <laughs> hey. So, uh, I asked yes. you earlier about the koi, man. We were supposed to revisit this koi. I want to share something with y'all. Uh -huh the way I could send you a video, man. But the koi, oh. the koi fish, we um, we started digging ponds about eight years ago. So we got okay. two ponds in our backyard. One is eight years old. The other one is, must be about five years old now. And we, you know, put koi fish in there uh, eight years ago. So needless to say, the koi that are in there are pretty decent size, man. These are the mystic oh. beings, brethren. What you, what you know about the koi fish? Then, like I, uh, I understand the koi fish uh, from the, the Japanese perspective. Okay. Uh, the koi fish is a symbol of luck, uh, and also because of their uh, experiences, the koi uh, wind up providing was a a lot of provision. Huh. You know, so a lot of cultures, a lot of cultures in their development, when they had experienced harsh and harsh and, and critical times, whatever that food or whatever that uh, uh, animal or whatever that fauna or that plant that was like a center of their development or th their stability wind up becoming, a, a, they applied a lot of attributes to it. So, you know, like the, uh, the like even up in the mountain, <laughs> up in Europe, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Christmas tree, you know what I mean? The evergreen, that, you know what I mean? That, 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 that becomes, that was a big symbol because that was the only tree that could grow in the snow. 
in that. So that, you know, so they were able to get, you know, so a lot of cultures have this. So as it relates to the koi, to the Japanese, it's it, it's a symbol of luck. It has a, also a, a symbol of of uh, the cycle of life rejuvenation because some because some of their properties that they experience and that they do in nature. I know I know that koi genetically they have a thing with them where they can actually be frozen, like frozen stiff, uh, and then they can actually as soon as you heat them back up, they'll just you know continue living because there's certain points in time in the in the uh, seasons where it'll freeze and sometimes they'll go so low. They'll stay under the ice, but sometimes the entire place will freeze and they'll freeze right with the water. But as soon as it, it thaws out and they thaw out, their their body picks right back up. Like they, they have a natural cryogenesis inside of them that they can they can experience. But I had to freeze, you know. yeah. I got you. Yeah, hey, um, so what I've uh heard or read or learned is that these beings, the koi fish, are the longest living vertebral creatures on the planet meaning that they're mm. long, and like they live hundreds of years you know so mm. it would speak to how like you say in the eastern cultures they pass these things down from generation to generation um so uh part of our uh meditation or intention is to pass them down through generations many beings are mystical brethren watching them in the pond so what happened is the past two years the ponds get murky you know you got to clean them out the big the bigger the two ponds that we've had but last year it was so murky so much of the time that you could barely see the fish only time you could really see them is when it was time to feed them you know and when you when you're feeding them, they're kind of in a frenzy that's not their natural just flowing through the water state of mind you know when you're feeding they frenzy but when they're not frenzying, they're just swimming through the water, just minding their business, man. It's, it's the most therapeutic thing to witness, you know? So needless to say, mm-hmm. we clean the big pond out. So we drain both ponds, drain one pond at a time, um, so that the smaller pond can be a holding tank for the fish while we work on the larger pond. And uh, so right now, the, all the fish are in this smaller pond. And after a week of filtration, the water is crystal clear. I mean, and you mm-hmm. see their every movement and every just subtle. What you say? Yeah. Is he still on, uh, brother? Oh, let me, uh, Carla, let me talk to Sister Carla. <laughs> oh, you on the podcast? Uh, oh, I'm shut up. Oh no, no, it's okay. No, 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 no. It's okay, Sister Carla. It's okay. Yeah. Hello? Blessings and love. Oh man, blessings. Oh my gosh, man. It is so good to hear your voice. Do you understand? Like an angel from Zion lighting my day. Uh, Thank you. Yes, man. It's so beautiful. I just wanted to miss you and love you guys, man. I'm gonna be coming down to see y'all, man. Yeah, you gotta get oh, in live and direct. Love. You gotta bust the seal. You ain't bust the seal yet. Yeah, but listen, and I'm coming, I'm coming with my crew. I got my I got my little trotting line pack I'm coming with. <laughs> Right? Yes, Keep it official. Yep. All right. How old are your little ones, brother? Um uh ten, eight, and three. He'll be three on March seventh. Couple of days. That's good. That's good. Girls, song. boys. Yeah, I have two boys and a girl, Naima. I have a daughter, Naima, of course. Oh. Of course I had to call I had to I was calling on the sounds of my brethren there. 
uh, when I speak uh, to my daughter's name all the time. Uh, oh. I, I, wow, that's crucial. That's crucial. Oh, can't wait to meet her. That's crucial. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Naima. Is the girl the baby? Naima. No, Naima is Naima the baby. No, 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 Naima. Austin is the baby. Little, little Austin is the baby, and then Naima, she's uh, she's eight years old, and then Makaya, Makaya, almost like Malachi. Makaya, he's the oldest. Wow, Makaya, I like that. Mm-hmm. Hot. <laughs> yeah, that's hot. Yeah. Yes, them bind the highlight right angels you tried with there. Yeah, all yeah. time. So, you already know how we tried down with them. Come on, we'll chat with a band of Hyla Bright Angels, King. I know already. That's the key thing, too, man. All jokes aside, the prayers whose prayers have the most power is the children's prayers. I think that's tied to that verse you can't enter the gates of Zion unless you enter as a little child. You know, when you got little people praying for you, man, you got some serious, it's like angels. You got a band of angels with you, you know? Yeah. That's fine. All those of us down there in the trenches, you know, doing the doing fighting the good fight, man, mm-hmm. which is, you know, fed, naked clothes, sick nourished, age protected infants cared for. Yeah. You know, making sure that our parental responsibilities is our highest priority. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, man, we fight the good fight, King. Because ultimately that's where the first love is, you know, mm-hmm. that, that domestic love. If you had problems with love in your life, it's probably connected to your relationship with your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't heal this earth. If we ain't starting with them basic relationships, hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Make sure these households are whole. And the ones that ain't whole, you know, um, engage them from a place of compassion, you know, and tolerance, yeah. you know, and empathy. Yeah. You know, this, this idea of individualism, I got mine, you get yours. Everybody lose in that, in that equation. Right. You know, I am my brother's keeper. There's enough for everyone. Ain't nobody suffering in this system, you know? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, that's my goal. I, just, I don't want to suffer. I don't want nobody else suffering. So I'm just trying to keep my, my, my gratitude out in front. You know, my acts of compassion are my weapons on my right and on my left, King. I don't need no, no revolvers and no, and no clips, mm-hmm. you know? You want to know how I'm, how I'm defending myself in life? Mm-hmm. It's what, you know, my right and my left hand, my acts of, my, my acts of kindness, King, mm-hmm. you know? True. That's my grace and my salvation. I am my brother's keeper. You know, my good deeds outweigh the 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 the, the bad. So I ain't got no. I would, no, I would, uh, I would have to attest. I would have to attest. You are one of the very few men I've met in my life who who can I say is a brother's keeper. Yeah, man, and, that's and, crucial. And many a times, many a times, and things I've seen, and your ability to share your family. Have have constantly always give, but you are definitely someone that I will attest that is a brother and and is a brother's keeper. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. This is what we this is what we got to be about. You know, yeah. got a planet to heal. You know, and it's like what we in these generations we so privileged to walk through in this time. You know, to have access to the information we have access to. You know, because it's all there. We in the information age. Mm. Now it becomes a struggle between what what we need and what we want. Our needs over our desires. So our discipline, developing the discipline, you know, to not become not be compulsive, not be ruled by our urges. Hmm. You know, we start to activate these higher powers, and then our relationships will be reflective of you know 
these higher intentions. You know, we won't find ourselves in conflict, man to man, woman to woman, all these struggles that are the product of, you know, uh, urges and control, control mechanisms. Yeah. You know, once we, once we leave that old paradigm of needing to control one another, yeah, man, then we, we be, we, we, that's real freedom. That's, out, that's working outside the box. That is conquering the system of white supremacy. Mm. You know, we ain't controlling one another. Yeah, man, we free willing, um, cooperative, uh, economically minded. You know what I mean? We 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 activating all of these higher teachings. Yeah, man. When we when we when we exercise discipline over our basic urges, it, you the, know the final the final the final piece, and I want to see if you can build on. Is that is 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 there? Can we see the ability to eliminate the system of white supremacy and even have harmony with white people with it gone? Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Because again, the whole idea, I think of the, I, I want, we, we're not feeding them no more. Where, mama, where are y'all going? <laughs> okay. All right, forgive me, brother. No, that's okay. Um, good. So, again, a pre a, a premise of the, who, who the founding of this idea of white supremacy is that for whatever reason, right? Think about it. Mm-hmm. Founders of white supremacy, uh, a minority group, feeling that they could potentially be eradicated by a majority group genetically. So you put in place this system to you know, turn that natural order on its head. Hmm. Um, but again, the premise being that somehow or another there's a lack. We're going to run out. There's this inevitable end, you know? Scarcity. I'm saying, yeah, the scarcity. Hmm. I'm saying um, the end of white supremacy comes as soon as we stop operating from that mindset. Hmm. Stop operating from a mind of scarcity then we look at everything around us differently. Abundance. You know, scarab beetle or kephara. Yes. You know, when we stop and smell the roses, mm. when we stop operating from the anxious place of scarcity, then we're, we're no longer putting ourselves in a position to be controlled through that idea of scarcity, mm. you know, through our urges, our own impulses and compulses. You know, mm. when we recognize that we have everything that we need to get through, we don't, we don't have to suffer someone else, you know, for our progress. Um, yeah, man, we, we, we changed the, we changed the, 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 uh, the, the, the equation in our personal lives. And I think that it's going to be that type of a personal commitment. Mm. You know, like I said, it's not going to be a, a toppling of governments with, gun, with guns and bombs. You know, they got that on wraps. You know, if we're going to change this system, it's going to it's going to change one part at a time, one house at a time, you know, one community. And it's and it's and it's founded in real acts of kindness, acts of compassion, acts of selflessness. Mm. You know, when we release that idea that if we go out for self, we'll ultimately get to where we want to be. That's a, that's an illusion. Mm. You know, we want to get to a place where we feel good about ourselves and helping others. Yeah. I know I feel when I feel I feel great when people around me are expressing how um, I've been able to help them. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's called purpose, right? Right. If you if you if you are connected to other people's existence and they are affirming that, yet yeah, because of you, I am. That's that, that speaks to purpose. There we go. Right. Right. Man, if we want to to get a sense that you know this life is something that has purpose and meaning, then it, that 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 rests within the kind of things that we do for other people. Mm. You know, I'm telling you, it's simple. It sounds so simplistic and cliche-ish, but man, if you think about it, it's it's the thing that most folks struggle with. True. You know? True. Struggle with, okay, I've been sitting here waiting in line. It's my turn. Somebody's going to bump in front of me, take my place in line. Am I going to be offended or am I just going to let this thing play out and just continue to demonstrate my patience, my, 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 my wisdom of patience? Mm. Most folks are struggling. You know, you took my place in line, and there goes the, and there lies the conflict. You know, mm. whereas passion or the act of patience, you you never know who else is the, again the third person watching that exchange, and able to witness the power of patience. If you wait, typically all good things are coming to you. Mm. If you think about waiting, when you wait, the more options you have. You know, who told the lie? How are so many people convinced that first place is where it's at? You know, I think that's where the, the, you think the tortoise and the hare, right? The story of the tortoise and the hare. Yeah, the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> Somebody told you, like being out in front is really where it's at. Mm. But if you think about it, the more time you take, the more options you get. Wow. The more the better choice. The slower, the more time you give yourself to think through your choices in life, mm. the more choices you get. So whoever keeps selling this thing, that first place is where it's at. First champions, winners, rush. You know, that's a big dupe. Mm. Duping, duping people, you know? Nah, man, all good things come to those who wait. Anything that's worthwhile is worth the wait. You know? Mm. And if it's really worthwhile, then um, you want to share it with somebody else. You don't want to have it all to yourself. So if in pursuit of whatever it is that you that we're you know desiring, if we done knocked off everybody along the way, by the time we get it, you know it ain't what we thought it was. Mm. Now nah, if it's it's what's worth sharing, it's the thing that we share with other people is what's worthwhile. You know uh, that is what we build our monuments. That's that's just built mounds. You know that stand the test of time, traverse space and time. That's right. You know those things that's worth ain't built on individual gain, individual, you know, pleasure, you know? Mm. Things that's worthwhile is something where everybody ain't no losers. Everybody feeling good. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah, man, black people, you know, one thing you can count on black people, they love a party. There's a reason why. There's a reason why people love a party because that is our way to escape from Babylon for a moment. We get to experience the collective mind again. The rhythm, through the music, through the dance, you know, even if it's just fleeting and temporary, it's our way to revisit how our ancestors used to stay, you know, through the through the ceremony of the music and the, you know, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, a lot of party. But our, I guess, again, part of our struggle is that we've forgotten that we do have to exercise discipline over the most sacred. Of act, you know, mm. so that we cannot be controlled by that act, you know. Man, our life by our lowest of urges. You know what I'm saying? Then we start to access those high levels of reason and and, and uh, genetic coding. 
the you know, Dr. Oscar Quiz, you say the ancestral genetic memory bank. <laughs> yeah, man, those things start to unfold in different platforms. That sexual platform is one of the lower platforms, almost below it. Mm. So if we exercise discipline over it, then that, that, that innate genius in us can then venture up into the higher platforms and experience those aspects of ourselves. Mm. And then all kind of mysteries and all kind of wonders that, uh, you know, are, are waiting for us yeah. right on the other side of yeah. exercising control of sexual urges, you know? And again, I'm not saying repression, no sex. Yeah. I'm just saying don't be an animal, you know? Control your urges, you know? Don't, don't be so easily baited, mm. you know? Identify um, control methods. You know, to be able to identify what to resist control, one has to identify the things that's controlling a one, right? Mm. Can't resist something that's controlling you if you can't identify it. Right. Identify. Once you identify it, then uh, you know, there's usually some uh, a counter countermeasure, we'll call maybe discipline. Right. To resist the to resist the system of control. Right. I say. Like most basic of urges, you know, exercise and de- develop discipline over that most basic of urges, yeah. then we are, that's a big step in the right direction of overcoming the system of white supremacy. You know what? I want to, mm-hmm. I, I want to, uh, again, thank you so much and extend uh, a heartfelt appreciation for you just giving this build adding your your perspective your genius and your uh just your brotherhood you know on this on this on this pit on this space uh i i I would like for you to come back later on after you kind of check out some more episodes because i know you're gonna have enough build to come bring some more more wisdom you know try down to give some of these these people you know so i just want to thank you you I really, and it's my character type is I really don't even speak much. I, I know. I'd much rather listen. I'd much rather listen. Yeah. Um, and then when I talk and I, I try to, I try to cover too much once, you know. I, one thing I do know, yes. I, one thing I know for sure is that I know not. That's mm. one thing. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I just said. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I do know, I know not. <laughs> trying to figure it out, brother. I'm just trying to make sense of the confusion. I know. Yes. And my heart is in a good I've been blessed, you know? Yes. And I say love is the key. I'm telling you, it sounds simplistic, but acts of love you execute, the more you're going to free yourself from white supremacy. That's Indeed. the root of it. Indeed. It's ain't about love. It's about conflict. Right. Right? Right. So you overcome conflict with love. Stop mm. taking it. Be loving. Be be uh be uh be the voice of reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Em- empathy means seeing what's on the other side. Take, take yourself out your shoes. Put somebody else's shoes. A little more of that, you know. White supremacy. This is going to be. We make that our our modus operandi. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes. You trouble with white supremacy. Put yourself in somebody. Yourself in a white supremacist shoes, you know, yep. and really, yeah, man, in in in, in underneath whatever fears, um, 
are justifying this, this treatment or whatever urges, you know, because something is motivating folks to carry out white supremacy, you mm. know, mm. motivating them to carry. Some folks don't know no better. It's all that, you know, yeah, you know, when they say uh, how that primal conscience, if all you've ever mm. known is poverty in the ghetto, likelihood that you're going to you know, wake up one day enlightened on how to build pyramids is, is not high. You know, if all one has ever known is, you know, uh, inhumane acts is what um, is what qualifies power. You know, ritualistic inhumane acts has been the what's been the 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 pillars of our society. Mm. You know, these have emerged of uh, generational inhumane acts, rituals, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, man. Um, and they've existed long time, man. It's, you're not gonna go amongst people and tell them that that's not real. <laughs> Different degrees of barbarism, you can't tell somebody who's been through it, it's not real, right? But what you can do is demonstrate love in that same arena, you know. Yeah, demonstrate, and you know, it is what it is. One thing I was one folks can one thing folks can't say is that it wasn't love. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm 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 definitely uh, I'm definitely gonna end myself in practicing justice, and practicing the system of justice to replace a system of white supremacy. Definitely love and trying to have love and share. Yeah, love. man. You know, yeah, and man, I think. And a lot of times we, we, we're kind of just jaded or we're hurt and it's hard. You know, it, it is hard to try to exemplify this and, and be and come to the realization of everything around you not showing that, you know. And I think that is the biggest. I mean, I mean, I, I believe that that might be the biggest testament of your divinity to 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 show something that is not there, to make something <laughs> that you've not been around and make something out of nothing. You know, the, mm. the highest form of, of the creator was making things out of nothing. And now yeah. you have to find and create love without ever experiencing it. Yes, I. Yes, I. I mean, and think about it. If you have your choice of what you would leave people with, what would you what would you want people to be thinking of you? Hmm. I mean, I'm 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 not no warrior per se, but you know, I can hold my own. I got to defend mine. I, you know, I can do that. You know, I've been blessed with physical ability. But again, when it's all said and done, what do I want to be? I don't necessarily want to be remembered for that. You know, when it's said and done, I want people to remember me as being a loving person. You know, because love is a magnetic force. It pulls people together. You know, it breaks down barriers, frees up the shackles in the chain. All the things that, you know, create the stress in my life, love tends to... I'm saying, yeah, love and work against those forces that make me not feel good, you know. Yeah, right. So that's what I would do if I if I had one bird, you know, I want people to remember me on the side of love, you know. Yeah, yeah man, because the conflict is out here. It's gonna be conflict long after I'm gone. Been here long before I got here, you know. And then people have been chanting for a long time too, and still there's war. So 
if I have to take a side, I'm I'm taking a side on champions for love, spiritual fighting this spiritual warfare, free up these souls, mm. you know, fighting themselves, you know, per, perpetual or perpetual, you know, the delusion that there's something that's that there's enough difference to justify us fighting each other. We got more in common than we got differences, but we we tend to focus our energy on our differences, and it creates the conflict. You know, indeed. Not, out of his majesty we got more in common than we got different you know love will be our solution to all our problems you know yeah love is a our problems mm. you know yeah man don't take a side you know don't take a side amplify your love demonstrate your love in the, in the, in the, in the public space you know what i'm saying demonstrate your love all the time stop making excuses for not being loving you know, there ain't no good excuse to show whoever love. It doesn't matter who they are. You know, when you when you don't have no way to say, the folks that want to be your enemy, what happens when you when you shower them with love? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Find a different enemy. They find a different enemy. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? You ain't a good enough enemy. They got to find somebody else you shower them with love. Because what mm-hmm. happens you shower them with love, conscience rebuke them. Mm-hmm. But there is a conscience in them. You know, I don't know, brother, but this is what we're doing. Let me try to get through, you know. Well, I thank you again. And uh, and uh, we're going to stay connected, good brother. And I just want to tell you, I love you and appreciate you. Yeah, man. Much respect, brother. I got some works, too. I need to uh, get some current works in your sphere. That's what I'm saying. We need to connect. Mm-hmm. And you were, were you, were you in uh, Maryland? No, I'm in. Uh, I'm in. I'm. I'm still back home. I'm still in the in the in the still city. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we need to connect. All right. We will be hosting you and you're gonna connect. come down and see what we're doing down here in South Carolina. Definitely. Next time we come. Yes. We'll, um, make a point. We got to get the family together and break bread. You know. For yes, real. Please. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. It's been almost twenty years. I crazy. <laughs> has it been oh you right 20 years oh my gosh it was you all right and you're in the at the time you know that was uh babysitting for us you know that was crucial of course man listen <laughs> um, he's on his way to clinton man he would be up there with my up too in clinton you know mm-hmm. yeah man. yeah only as y'all know you know, time ain't waiting for nothing, brother. You know? No, no. Yeah. All right. I'm sure is uh we ain't taking none of this with us. We might as well, you know, uh leave as much of a loving impression upon the primordial clay as we can. Cause that part we can take with us. You know? Cause that's yeah. the they will be right. they'll be recounting our deeds, you know, our deeds of love and our deeds of uh you know, blood, sweat and tears and Solutions, uh, long after mm. you know, power in that ancestral connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yes, I. All right. Well, well, thank you again. Yes, I. And we'll catch up. All right, brother. All right. Bless. Bless.